Okay, brothers and sisters in the faith, we are truly happy to have you join us to study the words of God together, the first Bible study for 2024, and it's all about Yahuwah Abba talking to us. Wouldn't it be something if Yahuwah actually directly spoke to us mano a mano or face to face? That would be something indeed, something that will transform our life, right? But we know Yahuwah does not employ that method of communication today with us. Nevertheless, it doesn't mean that God does not talk to us. He does speak to us. And from time to time, there are people who receive messages from Yahuwah Abba through dreams and visions. I don't know. Maybe you've had a dream in the past, which can be called a spiritual dream or a spiritual vision. And you had a message from Yahuwah Abba. Sometimes Yahuwah does do that. However, what we need to learn is how to test these messages to make sure it does come from our Father, because voices in our head, they can come from different places, right? It can come from within ourselves. It could be our flesh speaking. It could be the enemy of our faith speaking in our heads, or it could be Yahuwah Abba. So we need to learn how to test whatever messages is in our mind. But before we go ahead and address those very questions, we need to first understand, well, does Yahuwah want to speak? to us at all. Because when you study like different religions all over the world, they depict their gods to be like absent in any kind of relationship. They create and afterwards forget, forget all about their creation. But Yehovah Abba is very different. The book of Psalms 8, 3 to 5, when I look at the sky, which you have made at the moon and the stars, which you set in their places, what are human beings? that you think of them, mere mortals, that you care for them, yet you made them inferior only to yourself. You crowned them with glory and honor. So in this passage of the book of Psalms, we see how Yahuwah Abba values human beings. The psalmist says that Yahuwah created the universe together with the moon and the stars. And when we look at the vastness of the universe, we are overwhelmed with awe. But the Bible tells us the centerpiece of his creation are human beings. He holds us and he gives high value to human beings who were created in his image. The Bible says you always think of them, you care for them, you crown them with glory and honor. Not only that, how does Yahuwah Abba show that how much he values human beings? The book of Psalms 139 how precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. And so the Bible tells us, not only does Yahuwah care for us, not only does he consider every human being to be important, created in his image, the Bible tells us he thinks about us all the time. In fact, the thoughts that he has about us outnumber the grains of sand. I mean, how often do you think about the people you love? How often do you think about your child? Bible tells us that Yahuwah thinks about us all the time, even while we're asleep. And so Yahuwah loves us and he cares for us. Job 7, 17 to 18 says, What are people that you should make so much of us that you should think of us so often, for you examine us every morning and test us every 
moment. And so Yahuwah watches us, cares for us, thinks about us, and examines us every morning and tests us every moment. So what does this tell us about Yahuwah, our God? He's not absent in our day-to-day -day life. He's very much present. We don't think of him all the time. We're going to be honest, but he does think of us all of the time. In fact, there's one thing he wants to do with our life, and it is our hope in this ministry that we will allow Yahuwah Abba to do this with us. What is that? The book of Psalms 73, 23 to 26. Yet I always take close to you, and you hold me by the hand. You guide me with your instruction, and at the end, you will receive me with honor. What else have I in heaven but you? Since I have you, what else could I want on earth? My mind and my body may grow weak, but God is my strength. He is all I ever need. But as for me, how wonderful to be near God, to find protection with sovereign Yahuwah, and to proclaim all that he has done. So what should we do? What should we invite Yahuwah Abba to do with our life? Well, he's always thinking of us. He cares for us. He is seeking to examine and test us every morning. Why not hold out our hand to our Father and say to him, please guide me closely. Because Yahuwah Abba will say yes to that. He wants to hold us by the hand. He wants to give us instruction. He wants to guide us all the way until we receive the honor that he has prepared for each and every one of us. You know, when we learn to allow Yahuwah to guide us and to hold us and to instruct us, we're going to have this experience of loving him so much. We will not care whatever, whatever else we lose here on earth. Like what the psalmist says, what else have I in heaven but you? Since I have you, what else could I want on earth? This is what we want for the year 2024. To learn how to walk with Yahuwah, to be guided by him, to involve him in the very details of our life because he cares. He cares about you. He cares about me. This is why we are confident Yahuwah wants to speak to us, right? He wants to talk to us. He wants to give us messages because he wants to have a relationship with us. We were built for relationship. If you were able to read Genesis, the first few chapters, it is very clear Yahuwah wants a relationship with us. But how can we have a relationship if there's no communication? The foundation of every relationship is communication. We are speaking to God. God is speaking to us. It can't be one way. It has to be both. And so what we need to learn is how to receive the messages from our Father, Yahuwah. Now, why does he want to have a relationship with us? What kind of relationship is that? In the book of Romans 8, 15 and 17, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his 
suffering. So the Bible tells us that Yahuwah wants to have a relationship with us, him being our father, we, his children. And how are we going to experience this relationship in a way that's very intimate? What's the proof? Bible tells us when we receive the spirit of adoption, the spirit of God, we call upon him not only as father, but Abba. This connotes a, an intimate relationship, not an absent father, but an involved father, one who wants to be in our daily life. And so allow Yahuwah to be our Abba. This is why it is a pleasant thing to be able to call upon God as our Abba, our Father. And so how do we have this relationship with our Abba? Through the Spirit. This is why when we read in the book of Genesis, human beings were unique, unique from the animals. When Yahuwah God created Adam from the dust, he breathed his spirit, right? Why? Because our soul and our spirit is what makes us unique and able to have a relationship with him. So by the spirit of Abba, we can expect to have a relationship with him. By the spirit of Abba, we can expect to receive messages from him, for him to speak to us all of the time. Why do we know this? The book of Job 33, 14, for God speaks again and again. Did you see that? He speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. And so Yahuwah is speaking to us all the time. Problem is we're tuned out. We're tuning to everything else, what we call everyday daily noise. We're tuned in to CNN. We're tuned in to NBA.com. We're tuned in to HBO. We're tuned in everywhere else except to who? Yahuwah. That's why you can't hear from him. Yahuwah is speaking all the time. He wants to communicate to us his message. Problem is we're tuned out. I think parents who have teenagers can kind of relate <laughs> You know how parents can sometimes talk and talk and talk. Anak, do this. Anak, do that. Anak, save up, okay? Anak, read your Bible. Anak, pray all the time. But it seems like they're not listening. Sometimes we can be like teenagers. Yahuwah Abba speaking to us all the time, but we have our minds are somewhere else. It's like we have our own world, right? And so Yahuwah understands that. And he talks to us all the time, but we haven't learned how to tune in. And so we need to learn how Yahuwah God talks to us, kind of cultivate that ability to receive messages from our Father, because he's, He talks. He's a God that communicates from the beginning up until to this very day. Hebrews 1, 1 to 2, God, who at various times and in various ways. And so when Yahuwah God speaks, He speaks in different ways, right? In various ways, spoken time past to the fathers, by the prophets, as in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. So God speaks all the time. He spoke to Adam and Eve. He spoke to Noah. He spoke to Abraham. He spoke during the days of the fathers. He spoke during the days of the prophets. And he speaks to us even today through his son. What's his name? Yahushua. Yahuwah talks to us today. 
Yahushua talks to us today. We need to learn how to cultivate that ability to listen to Yahuwah and to Yahushua. Now, when Yahuwah spoke in various ways in time past, how diff what are the different ways that he used to speak to his people? In Exodus, so Yahuwah spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. I think that was unique to Moses during his time. I don't know if anyone today can claim that this is how God speaks to them, like face to face. None of us probably receives this kind of communication method. This is like a direct way of communicating, mano a mano, face to face. In Numbers 12, 6 to 8, and he said, Hear now my words, if there is a prophet among you, I, Yahuwah, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. Bible tells us, Yahuwah God, he communicates to his people directly, like with Moses, like with Yahusha, right, directly, and sometimes indirectly through visions and dreams. Sometimes he speaks plainly, like you will hear his actual voice. Of course, he probably does not do that today, or though he might, who knows, right? It's not up to me to say to you, God does not speak like that anymore. He might. What if he does, right? Just be prepared to receive a kind of message from our Father Yahuwah. The point is, Yahuwah God speaks in different ways. Sometimes he speaks directly. Sometimes he speaks indirectly. And so we need to learn how he speaks to us so that when he does, we will receive that message and be transformed by the message of Yahuwah Abba. You know, from time to time, I do wish sometimes his messages are like, crystal clear. You don't have to do any kind of thinking like this. Hello, children. It is me. <laughs> Skywriting, or you get an email telling you, don't worry about the upcoming meeting. Sign Yahuwah. It, it doesn't happen like that, right? He doesn't speak directly to us like this. So we need to learn, well, how does Yahuwah God speak to us today? Well, there's a way that God speaks to us 99% of the time. Yahuwah speaks to us all the time. But God uses primarily this instrument to speak to us 99% of the time. Do you know what that is? How does God talk to us today? 99% of the time. If you want God to talk to you, then use this instrument. This is what he uses. What do you think it is? <laughs> yeah. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You want God to speak to you? He can speak to you now. All you have to do is open up the scriptures. Well, what are scriptures? Bible says all scripture is God breathed. What does that mean? He breathed to a human being. And pop goes the words from our Father. What does that mean? When we read those scriptures written by those whom he used as instruments. Because as God breathed, it's like God is speaking to us face to face. Right? Because when you talk to someone, you're breathing <laughs> towards them. Isn't it true? 
unless you're, of course, using a telephone. But if you're speaking to a person face to face, when he talks to you, he breathes to you. When Yahuwah breathed his mind to the people who wrote the Bible, the outcome was scriptures written down. And what was written down represents Yahuwah's message for us. This is why all scripture is useful for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting. I mean, Yahuwah God wants to communicate to us because he wants to correct us. He wants us to be thoroughly equipped. He wants us, some, he sometimes he rebukes us. He tells us, don't do that. That's the wrong thing to do. Do this instead, right? And so if you want to know Yahuwah's message, 99% of the time you can find it in the Holy Bible. This is why the more we read our Bible, the more God speaks to us. Because every time we read it, Yahuwah God is speaking to us. Question is, are we paying attention? Because the more we pay attention, the more equipped, we're going to be. This is why when we have to make decisions, because I think one of the reasons why we want God to speak to us is when we have to make decisions in our life. And if it's a big decision, we really want a message from Yahuwah. For example, God, should I marry this person? Maybe you're thinking about marrying a person and you want to know if this is approved by Father Yahuwah. What do you do? You ask him, Father, right? Should I marry this person? Well, then, I mean, if we are reading our Bible, we understand the teachings of Scripture, we can already find the answer for ourselves, right? Because when somebody asks the question, should I marry this person automatically in your mind, you should be asking and discerning the following things. Is this person, does this person have faith in God, faith in Christ? Does he or she exhibit the fruit of the Spirit? Does he or she possess the characteristics of love in Corinthians 13? Does he or she love as Christ loved the church? Does he or she prioritize worship and value internal rather than external beauty? And so when you have these teachings in your mind, you already know the answer, right? If this person is rich and handsome and is famous and has lots of degrees, but then he does not have faith in God and Christ. What is God's answer? No. <laughs> right? No. It doesn't matter how, how handsome or beautiful they are, how rich they are. That's not Yahuwah's plan for you. And so we already know the answer that comes from God in like 99% of the situation. Right? It's found in the Holy Bible. This is why if we truly want to receive messages from our father Yahuwah, what we need to do is read the Bible. How many have read the Bible from cover to cover? I mean, if you really want Yahuwah God to speak to you, I mean, it would be nice. You know, you just sit, you're, you're sitting, relaxing, you read the Bible, and then you're, you're understanding his message. Now, we're, go, we're going to be frank with all of you. When you read the Bible, it's not an easy read. It's not. Because it was written during a different time period than our modern age. And so... For you to understand the gist or the message of scripture, sometimes you need to be informed about cultural factors, right? So that we can fully understand the message because the immediate, the, the immediate audience of God's messages were the ancient people. <laughs> and so for us to really grasp the message from our father, we need to understand some of those things. This is why when we read the Bible for the first time, we might need some guidance from someone who studied the Bible. 
right? Because there are different gifts given to the church, and there are those who are gifted with teaching. This is why in the assembly of Yahushua, this year, starting yesterday, we have the 2024 Bible reading plan. So what we want to do is read the Bible from cover to cover, but we're going to read it sequentially according to history, according to how the people of God kind of develop. We're going to read it historically, sequentially, according to the historical narrative. And so, for example, in week one, which started this Monday, right? Day one, we are we were to read Genesis chapter one to three. Day two, Genesis 47 and Genesis 8 to 11. This takes us to, you know, the uh, Tower of Babel incident. And then afterwards, we go to Job, because historically that's next before Abraham. Genesis 12 is Abraham. So we jump to Job because his life is before the time of Abraham, but after the Tower of Babel. And so we go from Genesis to Job. So we're reading it historically, but we're going to go through the entire Bible together. And so when we read Genesis and then Job for this week, when we read, let us do our best, you know, to kind of have a purpose for our reading. So we have some guided questions. Whenever we read the Holy Bible, we ask ourselves, well, what does Yahuwah say or do in this passage? What does this reveal about what Yahuwah loves? What does this show about what Yahuwah hates? What does this reveal about his what motivates him to do what he does? What attributes of Yahuwah are displayed? If I were you, you know, we can have like a notebook. And whenever you come across a passage of scripture that you really, really like, that kind of resonates with you, that is really relevant to you. I mean, all scripture is relevant, but you may have a unique situation and a unique personality. This is why Yahuwah's word is active and alive. It fits our needs uniquely. Even though we read the same book, it's alive. It's not dead words like human words. These are God's words. And it has the power to quicken our spirit. So when you're reading the Holy Bible, you know, do your best to kind of collect treasures from it. Um, instructive and inspiring stories, biblical principles, Yahusha passages. We're talking about Yahusha passages. These are like typology that point to our King Yahusha. For example, in Genesis, we read in Genesis chapter 2 about the Eve being taken from the side of Adam, the rib, right? It kind of points to the ecclesia. Because when Yahusha was pierced, he is the second Adam on his side. What was the birth? The ecclesia. And so that was a kind of typology, Genesis 3.15, prophecy, right? Promise, promises, prophecies, favorite passages. So we are collecting all these treasures. And so we started Monday. So you, you go to Facebook. And on Facebook, we're going to have the challenge. Today's reading assignment, for example, we read Genesis chapters 1 to 3 and post your reactions and favorite passages. And so when you go to Facebook for that day, if you're, for example, reading day one for today, Genesis 1 to 3, which we did yesterday, right? We have questions for discovery. And so we kind of post that there. And so we want to see if we can discover some of these, the answers to these questions. And we will do this. And we did the same thing today, right? Tuesday, we did day two. So we posted that on Facebook. And so here are some of the reactions. We have Sister Faith Nelson. Brother Eric, Brother David, Brother uh, Glenda, you know, they're, they're putting their reactions together. And on the Facebook, you can also post your questions. If, for example, you're reading something and you can't understand, what does this mean? 
you can post it there and then collectively we can do our best to provide you with answers. This way it's interactive. We're reading it together. We're doing something together. We're learning together. And so we do hope you're reading Genesis 3, 1 to 5. Wait a minute, what does this mean? Right? You put it on, you put a question on the Facebook page and I will respond the best I can. Okay? Just like when our brethren here posted, we will respond to make it interactive. Okay? And at the end of the day, I'm going to post like my notes. Day one, Genesis one to three. For example, last night, this was available. It was already posted and you could have downloaded it and you can read my notes and see that these are my notes, for example. And so you can download that and read it. Okay. And so earlier today, we posted Genesis four to seven or our reading assignment, reading challenge, Genesis four to seven. So today you should have already read Genesis four to seven. And so later tonight, we're going, I'm going to upload Genesis 47 notes, right? So if you have any questions, you can, you know, ask questions and we will interact with your questions. And so we should read the Bible and interact with the Bible and allow the Bible to interact with us, which brings us to a very important question. How should we read the Bible? Sometimes when we read the Bible, we read it like we read a technical journal. We sometimes we're analyzing it, which is good. There has to be an analytical component when it comes to reading the Bible. We're using our analysis. However, there's also another way to read the Bible. And this is what we kind of want you to learn, what we want you to follow, right? When it comes to reading the Bible, because it's kind of nice when you read the Bible, you have God's message to you or for you, directly applied to you. For example, we read Gen so far we've read Genesis all the way to chapter 7, right? Am I right? <laughs> Somebody said, uh, you know, if you miss a day, that's okay. I mean, it's only three chapters. You can make up for it. Like, you can theoretically. I mean, it, not, it would be nice if every day we can, like, read the Bible because it's really uplifting. And you can learn something. And what I want you to practice when you read the Bible, uh, brothers and sisters, is kind of have your own summary for each chapter. Your own summary. Your own thoughts. For example, Genesis chapter 1. These are my thoughts, okay? Your thoughts may be different. Genesis chapter 1, it tells me Yahuwah God is love. Because love creates something out of nothing. Okay? He created human beings for the purpose of relationship. This is found in Ephesians 1. Yahuwah Abba, his purpose of creation is to raise a family of his own so that he can care for them. That's powerful. And in Genesis 1, it tells us that Yahuwah God created us in his image because he wants us to relate with him. And he wants us to exercise dominion because that's what Yahuwah God does. So he wants to raise children who will act like him and be represent him to the world. That's Genesis 1. Genesis 2, it reveals to us about Yahuwah's love. He loved human beings. He prepared everything for them. Garden of Eden, not a wilderness, right? Every The, be the beauty of the, gar the Garden of Eden. He gave him ma mankind meaningful work to do, companionship with Eve, relationship with the animals, right? The Sabbath was given time for reflection and rest and worship. Everything they would ever need, Yahuwah God provided in chapter 2. Chapter 3, in the midst because we know Adam and Eve sinned. We know sin leads to fear and shame. So they were hiding from God. 
Yet in the midst of hiding from God, what does God do? Adam, where are you? God doesn't stop his pursuit. He looks for us, even though sometimes you don't look for him. And Yahuwah God provides the plan of restoration with the promised seed. Genesis chapter 4, we see Cain, right? And we see how human beings can fall into sin really quickly and how sin kind of gets from bad to worse. And that even though you're a sinner, you can still build a civilization. You can succeed as a sinful person. That's what chapter 4 is all about. This is why sin can be very deceptive. You might say, how come, if God is not with me, how come I'm so successful? Cain was successful in all his building projects. He was successful in building a civilization. But he was away. He was no longer with God. And so, so the, Yahuwah God, when he created us in his image, there's a part of us called creativity or creating something, making something with our hands. That's part of the image of God he has in us. But when it is used apart from him, it results in a civilization that Cain developed. Okay? That's chapter four. Chapter five, we learn about the genealogy and the importance of names. Because a lot of people think, oh, names are just names. No. In the Bible, it sets up the value of names in, in chapter five. And it tells us the prophecy about Yahusha in Genesis five using the names and the genealogy. It's awesome. You look at Genesis chapter 6, it warns us about four things, right? It warns us about demonic influence, about sexual immorality, about violence and corruption, and all these four things are going to be happening again, especially during the end times. It's very, very rich with meaning. When you go to chapter 7, it talks about the flood of Noah, how it's a universal flood, and there's evidence everywhere about that universal flood. And so this is just the first seven chapters. There's so much to take, but we have to spend the time, you know. But in between there, you know, you, you can look at the uh, the summary of the, the Holy Bible, first seven chapters, for example. But there's another way that we should read it. What I showed you was like an analytical, but there's another way that you should read the Bible. What is that? I want you to see the book of John, 16, 12 to 15. I have much more to say to you. More than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. Brethren, please listen. When we read the Bible, we cannot read it apart from the work of the Spirit in us. Do you get that? See, if we read the Bible, we need to first receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, before you read, you should pray. Ask Yahuwah, ask Yahusha, send your Spirit to guide me while I read the Holy Bible. Because Yahuwah God speaks to us when the Holy Spirit and the Holy Bible come together and we receive a message from Abba. You notice what our King Yahusha said about the work of the Spirit? The Spirit of truth. What will he do? He will take from what is mine and make it known to you. What does that make the Holy Spirit? Messenger. 
This is why we do need a messenger to guide us. And that messenger is not really a human being, although human beings can be guides as well. But ultimately, the real messenger who will take what belongs to Yahushua, make it known to us so that we can be guided into all truth, what work, what work is that? The Holy Spirit. I want you to remember, the real messenger is not a human being. The real messenger is the work of the Holy Spirit in our minds and in our hearts. So when we pray, when we read the Holy Bible, pray first, Father, please send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the real messenger that will guide us into all truth. Something also I want you to kind of look at. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit is our guide into all truth. Bible tells us that the words of God is truth. So if we want to know the message of the word of God, we need to be guided into truth by the, by the messenger, the Holy Spirit. You know what a guide does? And have you ever been to like a, a group tour and you have a guide who's leading you in the tour? And so you let the, the tour guide lead you. And as he is leading you from time to time, he stops and he kind of points at a relic or points at a place. And he says, I want you to see this. And he elaborates on what he's pointing to. And all the people who are being guided, they take their pictures, they take notes, right? That's what a guide does. Sometimes it stops and points you to something and elaborates on what he is referring to. That's what a guide does. When we read the Bible, the Holy Spirit being a guide, when we read it, sometimes... The Holy Spirit will cause you to stop, and it points to maybe a word, and you kind of are attracted to a phrase that seems to be particularly moving and relevant to you and your unique situation. For example, when we have worship service and we post the biblical passages on the screen, and the minister is elaborating on something, but you're focused on something else. You see a word that the minister may have missed. But that word speaks to you. That's the Holy Spirit guiding you. That can also happen when you're reading the Bible on your own. And so we let the Holy Spirit kind of highlight for us a certain passage or a certain word that is meaningful to us because of a particular situation. And so it speaks to us. This is why the Bible says the word of God is living and powerful. Two people can read the same passage. Person one will receive a different message. Person two will receive another message. It's all different because human beings are personal and unique and they have different situations. This is why the word of God is different from the word of man. It is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so when we read scripture, we allow Yahuwah's spirit to interact with our spirit so that when we read the Bible, it becomes alive. It becomes alive through the spirit. If we allow it to, it will change and transform our life. This is why Apostle Paul said in Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word translated word in the word of God, that's the building block of faith. The more we hear the word of God, the more stronger, the stronger our faith becomes. But it's interesting, the word used for word in Romans 10, 17 is not logos, but it's the word rima. 
Greek word 4487. And the word rima is like an uttered living voice that has a definite meaning for you. It's like Yahuwah God is fitting the scriptures to your unique needs. This is why sometimes when we have a sermon, it's like God is speaking directly to me. Right? Do you ever have moments like that? Yeah, that's the rima. You see, a rima is a verse, a phrase in a verse that quickens in our spirit so that our mind and heart is transformed. Because the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts at that point. And so when we're reading scripture or listening to someone preach the word of God, we are all, all of a sudden, a, a word kind of jumps out at you. And then it quickens your heart and your mind and you're transformed. And you have this joy. You know, you're, you're like fixed to that word of God and it will affect you for the rest of the day. And so it's good that we always read our Bibles. What else is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. How can we be reminded of something we never heard before? Right? One of the purposes of the Holy Spirit is He will remind us of what we read of the Word of God. Of what we receive of the word of God. So for example, you are in a situation. And you have to make a choice. All of a sudden the Holy Spirit reminds you. Oh, this is what God says. Don't do that. Do this instead. Right? And so the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to guide us while we're reading. And to allow us to remember what we have learned. But the exciting part is when the Holy Spirit is upon us. So remember when it comes to receiving a message from God. The foundation is the Bible and the Holy Spirit. You can't have one without the other. You can't just read the Bible on your own. No, you have to read it with the Holy Spirit. You cannot just have the Holy Spirit and don't read the Bible. No, you need to have the Bible so that the Holy Spirit can be more useful to you. Both go together. We need to have both as our foundation when it comes to reading the Bible. So when you have 2024 Bible reading plan, it's important that we have the Spirit, the messenger, to guide us. So that we can understand scripture. So that we can have a rima. It's wonderful when you have a rima. You know, when you have a rima, it kind of affects you the whole day. For example, when um, yesterday I was reading Genesis uh, chapter 3. And chapter, I mean, Genesis 1 to 3. The rima for me was this particular passage. I mean, this kind of like stood out at me. And it spoke to me the whole day. It affected me the whole day. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, this is why I collected this verse. This is part of my collection. I love this passage. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard Yehovah God walking about in the garden. So they hid from Yehovah God among the trees. Then Yehovah God called to the man, where are you? you know, I mean, Adam and Eve were so full of shame that they were afraid. And so here's Yahuwah God looking for them, and they're hiding. Isn't that how we feel sometimes? Right? We're kind of, oh man, my sin is too bad. There's just no way Yahuwah God still wants to have fellowship with me. But here's Yahuwah looking for them. Where are you? He doesn't stop pursuing us because we are his children. That's how much he loves us. And so he gives a plan so that they can be brought back into fellowship. Right? Not only that, he also gives a promise of a future salvation so that we can be brought back 
to where we were banished from, the Garden of Eden. And it's a beautiful thing. And it was a rima because it quickened my heart and my mind. It affected and transformed my mind and my heart. Even while driving at night to pick up my son from work, I was thinking about this passage. And I was thinking about my son. You know, how much I would do every a lot of things for him. How would I would search for him if he's gone. And this kind of reminded me of that while picking up my son. And so it affects you the whole day. It transforms you. It makes you feel close to the Father. So, brother, when we read the Holy Bible, we need to read with the Holy Spirit and experience the Rima, the Word of God, transforming our minds and our hearts. So that's the primary way, like 99% of the way God speaks to us. But what are other ways that God speaks to us? Of course, there are other ways. But we always need to test the messages to determine if they are affirmed by the Bible and the Holy Spirit. Because if it's not affirmed, if it contradicts the Holy Spirit, if it contradicts the Bible, that message is not from God. Where is it from? Your flesh. Where is it from? The devil. Because God will not contradict his word. God will not contradict the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is his essence in us. So they will not do that. So the Bible, the Holy Spirit should be the foundation. That's the foundation of everything when it comes to receiving a message from Yahuwah. But one of the other ways Yahuwah speaks to us is through the worship services and Bible studies. Because when we're gathered together, even though we're miles and miles apart, when we're gathered together in spirit, who is there with us? Yeah, Yahusha's with us. If Yahusha's there, who is also there? Yahuwah. I mean, it's not like before. Before, we belong to a religion. So, oh, if this particular person is there, oh, God is there. <laughs> it's Yahusha, not someone else. Yahusha. If he's with us when we're gathered together, then he's in our midst. And we can receive messages from him. And when we gather together for worship, you know, in that worship service, we are expressing the different spiritual gifts given to us. And so these gifts are for serving, for teaching. And so one of the gifts is teaching, prophesying. Isn't, it, isn't this what we do when we gather together for worship? When we gather together for worship, there are those who serve by creating hymns. In the hymns, sometimes we kind of a rima. Sometimes when you're singing the hymn and you're focusing on a certain word, it kind of jumps out at you. It affects you. When you're singing the hymn, a particular melody, it strikes your heart in a particular way. And so it opens your heart to the Spirit, and you can discern the will of Yahuwah, right? Because when we study the Word of God, when we sing hymns, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. So we don't sing human wisdom. We don't preach human wisdom. We preach and we sing about the Word of God. And so when we worship together during the time when, you know, when we're waiting and we're meditating, this is conducive to tuning in to the message of God. For example, the book of Psalms 46, the Bible tells us, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Yahuwah of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Right? Isn't it true? When we go for worship, it's a solemn occasion. So there's hymn singing or uh, accompaniment in the background. Like, like the organ playing. And 
it kind of puts you into a different kind of brain activity, theta, kind of lowers, you, you kind of go into a kind of trance because you're meditating. That's what it means to be still. When you look at the Hebrew word, it's rafa, to go low. And so everything is you're kind of slowing your mind. And so you're tuning out the distraction and you're tuning into who? Yahuwah. That is how we know. And so if you really want to know God, if you really want to know Yahuwah, be still and tune out so that you can tune in to our Father. And so one of the best ways we can do this when we gather for worship and also Bible studies like this, when we're learning uh, the teachings of God. How also can we receive a message from God through godly people? Sometimes Yahuwah God uses people in the assembly, maybe a pastor or a minister or a friend in the assembly. To speak to us. Yeah. Because Proverbs tells us. The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. And so the Bible expects. That we as his children. Also communicate to other children. The message we have from. Yehovah. I mean is it not trying to be people out to a big family. <laughs> you have the dad talking to some member of the family. Oh can you tell your brother. Tell your sister. Right? And so the message kind of is conveyed in that method. And so in much the same way, we belong to one family, right? The assembly belongs, we are a one family. We have Yahuwah as our father. We have our leader, the head, who is that? Yahushua. And we're all kind of, we, we all belong to the family of God. We're brothers and sisters in faith. And so the Bible tells us we ought to admonish, warn and seriously advise one another. And the Greek word for admonish is unique because of what, what it basically means is you allow Yahuwah's words to be set in our hearts so that we can have a reset. You know how you have a computer? Sometimes it gets sluggish. It becomes sluggish. And so what do you do? You restart it. And once you restart, all of a sudden it works really fast and really well. It's kind of the same thing. The word admonish is kind of resetting us. And so we are to reset each other by teaching each other, reminding each other of the words of God. And this is what Yahuwah wants from us, who comforts, consoles, and encourages us in every trouble, calamity, and affliction, so that we may also be able to comfort, console, and encourage those who are in any kind of trouble or distress with the comfort, consolation, and encouragement with which we ourselves comforted, consoled, and encouraged by God. As the Bible tells us, when we are encouraged by God, when we are counseled by God and comforted by God, we do the same thing with others. And the counsel and comfort that God gave us is transferred to the others. And so in this way, we receive messages from God through each other. Make sense? Okay, so we receive the message of God through the Bible by the help of the Holy Spirit, through each other by the help of the Holy Spirit, and through the worship services and Bible studies through the help of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, you see a common denominator here. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is so key, so vital for us to receive a message from Yahuwah. But how else does uh, God speak to us? There are other ways. For example, in Job 33, 14, 16, God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams and visions of the night. When deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds, he whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. So the Bible tells us 
Yahuwah God speaks again and again. We don't recognize it. But what, what is one way by which God speaks? Bible says dreams in visions. How many here ever had a spiritual dream? And it conveyed a message which you know is true. I mean, I get brethren who contact me and tell me about their dreams, and they tell me about what, what it means. But really, only you, it's between you and God, but the best thing to do is you got to test it, right? Is it confirmed by the Spirit? Is it confirmed by the Holy Bible? Because if it's contradictory, then it's probably not a dream from God. But visions and dreams, this is part of what we can expect in the last days. Because the Apostle Peter said it. When he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. So a vision is different from a dream because a vision is a dream while you're, you're awake. That's basically what it is. This is how well, prophets in the past, they were given their message primarily through visions. And so they will be awake and all of a sudden, or go into a trance and they begin to speak words that come from God. They come from them. Somebody writes it down. That's how the prophets work. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and the signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of Yahuwah arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of Yahuwah will be saved. So we now hope for sure, in the last days, which includes our time today, Yahuwah God will speak through dreams and visions. It's part of how he will speak to us. And so if you have a spiritual dream, let me know about it. Contact me through Messenger. Because I never get spiritual dreams. I don't. I don't remember what I dreamed for some reason. I don't remember. When I wake up, I forget what I dreamed. I, but I know I dreamt something. I just can't remember. Okay? But there are people who are gifted with dreams for some reason. And so they probably get spiritual dreams, spiritual visions. Let me know about it so that we can kind of work something out. Because we work together, you know, in, in the Assembly of Yahushua, we work together. And so if you get a message that is consistent with the biblical teaching, consistent with the work of the Spirit, then let's do something with that. Okay? And also the Bible tells us in addition to receiving dreams and visions. By the way, the apostles, remember when they were, <laughs> there was this one story in the book of Acts. Acts, I believe, Acts 16. But, but yeah, Acts 16. They were planning to go to preach the word of God in Asia. They were going to go to Asia. They planned we're going to go to Asia. But they were prevented by the Spirit. And then the apostles had a dream about this man in Macedonia. And so that dream meant, okay, we should not go to Asia. Let's go to Macedonia first. Right? And so sometimes God speaks to us and guides us through dreams and visions. Right? But there's also another way, the Bible tells us, when deep sleep falls on people as they lie in their beds. A lot of times God speaks to us when we're lying in our beds. And one reason why is because when we're lying in our beds, we tend to be we're, we're still, right? And we're thinking of spiritual things. And when you think of spiritual things while you're lying on bed, Guess what? That's an invitation for Yahuwah to speak to you. My warning is this, though. If you're lying in bed and you are thinking spiritual things and you're inviting Yahuwah to speak to you, sometimes you feel so happy when you get a message, you won't be able to sleep. <laughs> and 
It just keeps going and going and going and going. But it's a wonderful experience. And for some reason, when you wake up in the morning, you're strong. But it might keep you awake at night because you're going to feel excited when you hear a message from Yahuwah while you are in your beds. Okay. What else? Here's an exciting one. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warnings. In another translation, um, in the New King James, which is a word-for-word -word translation, it's actually this is how it's translated. And he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. And so what, Joe, what the Bible is telling us in the book of Job, by the way, it's Eli, Elihu is the one who's speaking here. He's not one of the three friends of Jehovah God condemned, but he was never condemned. He was giving good advice. And one of the things he said was he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. This is the kind of very unique and very seldom used, I think, in my experience. This is when you actually hear a voice that is spiritual. It's a spiritual voice of Yahuwah speaking to you. But sometimes it sounds so physical you think it's an audible voice, okay? So it's called a still, small voice. Sometimes there are people who have received instruction because this instruction says it is sealed. And when it says it is sealed, you know where it came from. Because back in the days when you were a king or you were a prophet or you were someone important and you wanted to give a message to people far away, you get a scroll and then you seal it, right? That way it's only the intended person who receives the message. Because when the seal is broken, you know, oh, somebody else read it. So if you wanted to give a message to, to someone only for his eyes only, you seal the scroll. And so the, what the book of Job is telling us is there is a word that is in our ears, very audible, spiritually audible, that when you hear it, you know it's from God because it is sealed. You know, And when you hear that, it's, it's like a miraculous thing. And an example of that is in the book of First Kings. And he said, go out and stand on the mountains before Yahuwah. So here's Elijah. He's in the throes of depression, right? He was in a low, a very low, low point in his life. And he wanted to die. And behold, Yahuwah passed by. And so here comes an angel who visits him. And the angel um, says, then, uh, go out and stand on the mountain before Yahuwah. And behold, Yahuwah passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before Yahuwah. But Yahuwah was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But Yahuwah was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But Yahuwah was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly, a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here? Elijah. And so Elijah hears a still, small voice. It's so real. It's spiritual. God is speaking to you spiritually, speaking to your heart. But it's so intense and so real. Sometimes it sounds like an audible voice. That's why it's called a still, small voice. So these are other ways by which God speaks to us. But the important thing is we test the messages by determining if they are affirmed by the Bible and the Holy Spirit. This is why we need to know the Bible, because that is how we, that's our standard. If it violates the teachings of the Bible, then it cannot be from 
God. Get it? We also need to test it to see if it is approved by the Holy Spirit. This is why, how can we know if it is approved by the Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible tells us those who are dominated by the sinful nature about the, about think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about uh, think about things that pleases the Spirit. So, letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your minds leads to life and peace. So, simply said, if you have a message which you think is from God, but that message leads to sin, is that from God? No, the Spirit will never give you. A message that will lead to sin. What else? You have to test it for the fruit of the Spirit. I, if Yahuwah God gives you a message, does it will it produce this fruit of joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? Right? Are you, or does it lead to being conceited, provoking one another, envying one another? So if you have a message from God, you believe it's from God, but when you think about it, if I do this, what kind of effect will it have? Will it produce the, the effect of the Holy Spirit? Or it will, will it create, will, it, will I be provoking another? Will I be conceited? Will I be causing envy? So we have to be very careful to test it. What also is the test? But the wisdom from above, if it's a message from above, right? What does it mean from above? It's from God. It's not from the devil. It's not from your flesh. It's not from your own mind, but from God. But the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap the harvest of righteousness. And so we have to always measure. We have to always test everything that we receive, which we think is from God, right? So how can we hone? Because this is the whole purpose of this Bible study. How can we hone or sharpen our ability to hear God's voice? Because he speaks all the time. He speaks all the time. right? Maybe while you're watching a movie, he can speak to you. He can cause you to, to highlight or to point something in the scene of the movie that could be moving to you. He can do that too. He uses everything to communicate to us. But how can we sharpen our ability to hear God's voice? By regularly reading and meditating on the word of God. You see, the problem with us is God speaks all the time to us, but we're, we're not receiving it because we're not tuned in. And the reason why we're not tuned in is because we don't know how. And the way to do that is by reading the Bible. Because when we read the Bible and we take the time to meditate on Scripture, it kind of alters our heart and our mind. It makes us receptive to the way God speaks to people through the power of the Holy Spirit. So let us regularly read the Bible and let's practice biblical meditation. You know, on our website, we have a part, a section called Family and Individual Well-Being, right? There's a part there called well, uh, Daily Meditation. You can use our website also because every day we have a unique meditation. For example, for day six, we have a meditation in Matthew 5, 8, because it's how we all quiet in our, own in our own household, in our own family. And so kind of take some time to reflect on the word of God, right? Meditation, reflection, Bible reading. And also let us ask Yahuwah. I mean, if we want to receive a message from God, ask him. Father, I want to receive a message from you. Do you think he's going to say no? He's thinking about us all the time. He wants to guide us. 
And then when he, when we ask him, Father, can you guide me? You think he's going to say no? No. Look at what James says. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Even before you finish asking in prayer, he will already give it to you. That's the God we serve. He wants to communicate to us. I guarantee you today, after our Bible study today, you go pray on your own. You ask God, what do you want me to learn today? He will answer you. Give me wisdom today. He will give it to you if you ask in faith. Ask him, open my mind, open my eyes. But when we ask from God wisdom, we need to prepare our hearts and our minds. How do we prepare our hearts and our minds? Let us let the spirit control our mind. Let us think about the things that please the spirit. And so prepare your mind. Prepare also your heart. Do not bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit. Remove bitterness and anger and rage. Because when Yahuwah God speaks a message to us through a rima or through some other way, the Holy Spirit will use our mind and our heart. So prepare your heart and mind. Otherwise, we would not be able to sense the wisdom of God. So cultivate our hearts and minds so that they can become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And God uses the Holy Spirit because when he does so, the Bible says God reveals these things by his Spirit. For his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one knows. No one can know a person's thoughts except the person's own Spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own Spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Ask God for wisdom. He will give it to you liberally. How? Through his spirit. Because through his spirit, we can know the deep thoughts and deep secrets of God. And he can share that with us. And so, beloved brethren, it's true. God speaks in various ways in the time past. God speaks to us today by his son. Who is his son? Yahusha. Yahusha himself. I mean, if Yahuwah God spoke in time past to the prophets, how much more will he speak to us through his son? We belong to his son. We are now in his family. We can expect for Yahuwah to speak to us and Yahusha to speak to us. In fact, Yahusha says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. They follow me. And they give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Beloved brethren, Yahushua wants to speak to us too. Let him speak to us. And so what should, we, our, what should be our daily habit, our daily practice? We should allow Yahushua to speak to us so that we can follow him. And the good news is, it's what Yahushua wants. In fact, the Bible tells us he knocks on our door. But we don't let him in sometimes. Right? I mean, how often do we spend time with our King Yahushua? Do we take, do we maybe take 15 minutes of our time throughout the whole day and just talk to Yahushua? Because he wants to do that. But do we want to do that with him? I mean, how much do we, do we really want to hear from our King Yahushua? Take some time, read a passage, you know, go to some of our meditation, um, daily meditation from the website, read the passage, meditate, and then pray. 
And then I love Yahushua to knock on the doors of our heart. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, Yahushua says. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. What do we do when we dine with each other? We talk. Yahushua wants to talk to us and we want to talk to him, have a conversation, a beautiful conversation. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to thee. Churches, Yahushua wants to speak to us. If you have an ear, let Yahushua speak to you through his spirit. Spend time with him. And he might reveal something to you you've never thought of. Spend time with him. Daily meditation, daily prayer. Or King Yahushua. Because one thing for sure, Yahuwah wants to speak to us. But he also, and he pursues us. He searches for us, but he also wants us to search for him. He wants us to search for him. And to show that to you, I want to read the final passage of our studies, which kind of highlights the importance of hearing from God. This is what the Bible says. Jeremiah 29, 11, 14. I alone know the plans I have for you. Plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster. Plans to bring about the future you hope for. Then you will call to me you will come and pray to me, and I will answer you. You will seek me, and you will find me, because you will seek me with all your heart. Yes, I say, you will find me, and I will restore you to your land. I will gather you from every country and from every place to which I have scattered you, and I will bring you back to the land from which I had sent you away into exile. I, Yahuwah, have spoken. And after Israel uh, was taken out of captivity from Babylon, after the 70 years were finished, Yahuwah had an expectation. You know what the expectation of Yahuwah was? His people would have learned their lesson, and they would thirst and long for him. That's not what they did. Yahuwah was expecting, you know, that they will seek him. But they did not seek him. Maybe some, but not with all their heart. Yahuwah said to Jeremiah, even you know, before they were released from captivity, they will be released from captivity. But Yahuwah was expecting after that, their heart will belong to Yahuwah. And they will seek him. And Yahuwah says, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. They did not listen. They did not see Yahuwah Abba. Because if it were so, they, they would have been brought back to the land from all the different places. That's not what happened. This is why this prophecy is speaking to us now. It's speaking to us now. Our King Yahushua said in the passage we read, he wants to dine with us. He wants to speak with us because he wants us to rule together with him. Where? Millennial kingdom. This is what it's talking about too in Jeremiah. Yahuwah God says, those who will seek me with all their heart, they will find me and I will replant them back in the land. In other words, we will be with our King Yahusha, ruling the land in Jerusalem. Beloved brethren, this is speaking to us now. It was spoken 
to Israel after captivity, but they failed. We must not fail. We who belong to the assembly of Yahushua, we must learn to seek Yahuwah with all of our heart. Read his book, brethren. Don't just rely on pastors. It's good to, to listen to a sermon, a Bible study, but read on your own so that you can have your own rima. Yahuwah has so much to tell you. But you're not letting him. You're not seeking him with all of your heart. Let us do that, brethren. Let us do that. We're bringing you as many tools as we can, opportunities to really find him. But it's up to you. It's up to you. It will be up to your own effort, up to your own heart. I can't give you my heart. I cannot do anything for you. You have to do it yourself. You have to search him on your own and let him find you. Look for him. And when you find him, it's going to be a transformative experience in your life. And you will never look back. Like what the psalmist said, what do, else do I have in heaven but you? So long as I have you, even if my mind and my body grow weak, it doesn't matter. Because you, Father, and your beloved Son, they're most important to me. That is the purpose of speaking to Yahuwah and having him speak to us. To enjoy fellowship with him. Because we were created for that purpose and may be fulfilled in our life. Let us stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Father, most holy and gracious Abba, Abba, Yahuwah, thank you for bringing us safely this new year 2024. Father, what we want more than anything is to hear from you on a personal level through your Holy Spirit. We will do our best to seek you with all of our heart, to read your book, and as we do so, and ask for your spirit. When you see us seeking your presence, may you show yourself to us, Father. May we hear from you something we need to know about ourselves, about you, so that we can improve in the way we serve and worship you. Father, who are we that you would always think of us? We are but mere mortals. You are Abba, Yahuwah, who created all things. Who are we that you care for each one of us? You pursue us. You look for us in our sad days when we feel lonely, grieved, you're always there, Father, when we cry out to you in our personal studies, in our personal prayers. May your spirit connect with us, strengthen us once again, and help us that we might overcome all things. Teach us to walk with you. Hold our hand and guide us every day, every moment in our life. Our King Yahushua, forgive us. If there have been days when we fail to hear you knocking on the door, who are we to refuse the knock of the King of Kings? That is blasphemous on our part. Teach us to listen well, to learn from you, enter into our homes, into our hearts, and to follow your voice. Help us to learn your voice, that we will never, ever be lost. 
Father, thank you. Guide us not only today, but always in our life as we prepare for salvation and everlasting life. We ask everything, Father, in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahushua HaMashiach. Amen.